gorgeous. It's, right. it's too good to miss. So you like bowling? I love bowling. I love everything about bowling. I love candle pin bowling specifically. When did you start candle pin bowling? <sighs> young. Young. My first memories are on the lanes. <laughs> on the lanes? Yeah. No, they're not. I've bowled very rarely in my life. Seldom. But I love it. I'm horrible. Uh, but I've bowled twice in the past six months, maybe. Why? Uh, you know, it's just a fun thing to do. And the bowling alley lanes and games, they also have Big Buck Hunter and Kiss Pinball, which is very fun. I didn't even know Kiss made pinball. Kiss Pinball Machine is one of the most popular pinball machines out there. Yeah, so shout out to members of the Kiss Army, like PJ Brown. I don't know if he's, he's listening, but he often speaks to the Kiss Army. We've never spoken, but, you know, I want... Do you know him? No. I mean, I've, I've been in the same room as him. I've heard his laugh, uh, and I've heard him speak about the Kiss Army, but, you know. No, this is our formal introduction. Hey, PJ, I'm, I'm Zach. You know, I don't even like Kiss, the band. I like their pinball, though. So that was a brief introduction to today's guest. This is Person About Town. And, yeah, we're with Zach Rizal, whose last name I always have to say that way. Yeah, it's, uh, it gets a lot of people going. They love it, you know. <laughs> they love to say the ow at the end. How do you actually pronounce your last name? This is tough. This is, I think because I will pronounce it wrong because I'm not a native speaker of Portuguese. And, yeah. you know, you have to get into this whole nasally thing. Like, I think this is my best guess, okay. that I'll say, I'll say my whole name. I think it would be Zachary Emanuel de Jesus Brazão. You know, get a little on. <laughs> but that's a little too much, so I just say Brazão. You know, send it off into the cosmos. Okay. Yeah, nice. yeah. Nice. So, you know, did I pronounce it correctly? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see, yeah. You're... When was the last time you were in a Portuguese-speaking place? Uh, hey, if we count Cambridge, which some do as a Portuguese-speaking place uh, right now. But the last time I was in a country with the official language of Portuguese was January of 2015. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned where we are. Do you want to tell the listeners where we're sitting and why we're here? I'll, I'll tell them. Yeah, I will tell them. Uh, we're right here in the Cambridge Side Galleria Food Court, which is, I will say this, you know, Kanish, you said favorite place in town. Yeah. This is not necessarily my favorite place in town. I've never been. But I, <laughs> You've never been here? No, but here I will justify this choice, okay? I go very few places except, you know, the Southwest Corridor, comedy venues, and churches. But I love malls, okay? I love malls more than anything in the world. And why do you love malls? I'll tell you why I love malls, America. Because... <laughs> Because, you know, malls are a uniquely, they're not a uniquely American experience anymore. But they, to me, they define my America. You know what I mean? Because this country is so segregated. Unfortunately, it's still racially segregated, still economically segregated. But we all come together at the American Mall. You know, there's people from all creeds, all ages. A lot of times I hang out with 20-somethings. Where, you know, where are all the 54-year-olds in my life? Right here at the mall. There are teens. There are grandmas. There are, you know differently abled people, they're able-bodied people. It's, it's love. I, I really feel at home in the American Mall. But I hate shopping, so I don't like to go in the stores. Shopping makes me physically ill. Okay, so just a little bit of backstory. We are sitting in this mall. Zach is dressed in a suit, or not a suit, but he's like, he's a shirt, a, a tie, slacks. He looks like a politician talking about, like, the greatness of America. Uh, so, yeah, just picture all of that when you listen to the rest of this. Okay, continue. Yeah, I love America. For my 17th birthday, I actually asked for a flagpole. And 
So now we have an American flag in my house. You know. That was like three years ago? Yeah. No, it was uh, four. Coming up on five. Yeah. Cinco de Mayo is uh, my, my 22nd. Yeah, for all, all those listeners out there who want to sell me a greeting card. You know, I'd love that. You do send people cards, so it's not beyond belief that you would receive some as well. I have received a couple cards. I've received, you know, people travel. They say, hey, maybe Zach, you know, he'd like one of these. They ship it out. You know, I'll give my mailing address in case anyone... I don't think you should do that. All right, I won't. Like, not that there are any psychos listening, but still. But there could be. There could yeah. be. I don't want spam. You know, it's not the psychos. It's the spammers, the yeah. telemarketers. The telemarketers do listen to podcasts to find people's addresses. That's the final frontier yeah. because everybody's got ad block. they got to get more invasive to find out info about us. That's what I've learned. <laughs> so you currently live at Harvard University. Yeah, that's where I live. Okay, so tell us about your experience there. Uh, it's been good, you know. I've been blessed. Been blessed to have gone there. I learned a lot. I got to go to Brazil twice on their dime. Oh, wow. Yeah. How? There were some scholarships, you know, you could pay for to go study abroad. So I didn't have to pay to go spend a summer in Brazil, which was great. And then, you know, but I had to pay for my own food sometimes. Oh, but, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, when, the, when uh, cause I lived with this wonderful older woman, yeah. Zilda, who, you know, we would have dinner together and a little breakfast. Uh, <laughs> Is there more to that story? No, she sponsored me. She was like the host family. <laughs> when you said that, you're like, older lady, we had dinner, sometimes breakfast. No, no, yeah, no, yeah. But, uh, you know, I was on my own for lunch. And sometimes <laughs> when the going got tough, when the money was a little tight, I would go to the mall and I would go to Subway to uh, eat. Subway in Brazil? Yep, uh, we get the Baracissimo, the wicked cheap one, which was a six-inch chicken sandwich. It was delicious. How does it taste different than the Subways here? Um... The love. The well, love. There's, love. there's a lot more love down there, I think. I think people are happy to see you okay. at Subway down there. Right. I went to a Subway recently in the United States, um, in Connecticut, outside of a mall. And uh, the woman was very nice, but it was very short-staffed. There was one person there, and so it took wicked long. Yeah. But it was a delicious sandwich, nice. and I enjoyed the experience. Do the ones in Brazil smell like the ones here? Like, there's a very specific Subway smell in America. Does it also smell that way in Brazil? I think it's an indistinguishable okay. subway smell, yeah. Just across across the world, world. yeah. That's one thing that we can depend on, a consistency of brands. Yeah. yeah. They're not the most popular fast food chain in the world by accident. Ah, wait, are they? Yep, there are more subways out there than anything else, including McDonald's. I, I, don't, I don't think that should be the case. I like McDonald's way more than I like subways. It certainly shouldn't be, but it's a hard truth that we have to confront. What did, oh, I don't want to know what they had to do. Like, if they're the largest chain and they've had the most advertising featuring someone who then right, goes right, to jail, right, right. that seems economically uh, not the Well, way. I don't think it was their advertising. I'm just spitballing here because I saw a sign in the subway. And I think it was the way they go about franchising. Okay. I think they had better franchising opportunities than, say, a McDonald's, okay. which led to this explosion. All right. Nice, nice. So... What did you major in at Harvard? Or are you? Because you're still I'm, in school. I'm still in school. I am still in school. I have a few weeks left. I majored in social studies, which is like an interdisciplinary social science thing, whatever. And you write a senior thesis. Uh, and mine was on Portuguese language media in Massachusetts for all, everyone who's compelled. You know. How, how many pages was it? It was 107 pages. Nice. Yep. I recently got my grade back. I got uh, exactly what I deserved and not quite what I wanted. You gonna, you gonna tell us what that means? Yeah, I did all right. But I, I threw a couple last minute Hail Marys. Okay. They, they were intercepted. Okay. They were intercepted for a pick six touchdown. They were swatted down. 
I vaguely know what that is. I do not watch sports, so I'm going to assume that means you tried something and they were like, no, no dice? Yes, that's precisely what it means. All right, so what do you want to do with that? Nothing. I hope that I'll never have to use my degree, honestly. That's the dream. Why? No, I don't know. Because, you know, uh, well, I don't want to be an academic. Okay. I know that. I don't want to be a doctor. I know that. Like a medical doctor or like, like just a PhD? doctor. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't want to, I don't want to do that. Okay. And I don't want to be a lawyer, you know? So what do I want to do? Who knows? What do I want to do? I don't know. I really don't know. Okay. Uh, you know, I'd like to do something fun. Yeah. Like uh, tell, you know, if I could podcast every day of my life, I would. <laughs> Job. Yeah, that's being interviewed or interviewing other people, or like some other both. Thing. Maybe, you have a yes, I do. Yeah, I'm so I like that. You have, you were the first guest, it was very gracious. We had a wonderful time. Yeah, it was really nice. It was very fun. Tell, tell the listeners about your podcast, oh, not to like cross, yeah, not to cross, you know, but not to cross pollinate. But uh, it's called Series Finale. I host it with the uh, illustrious Jack Burke, and we, we. <laughs> No, maybe not most, but it's the one they think. Okay. It's the one they think. Uh, it's called Series Finale. We watch a show no one's ever seen before, that we watch the final episode, and we hash it out. Okay. We hash it out. We talk about the big issues nice. and the small ones. Okay. What has been a show that you were actually interested in watching the rest of it based on that series finale? Dinosaurs. The children's animated television show, Dinosaurs. I think that series finale was so important. It should be required viewing for every high school graduate in the United States of America. What, what, what really drew you in? It talked about corporate responsibility. It talked about, you know, how we should exist on this earth. I've never read the books. I think it's Silent Spring, which is that 1970s birth of the environmental movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, the environmental movement, my involvement started with the 1994 episode Dinosaurs, which I watched two weeks ago. <laughs> so you just became interested yeah, in it? Yes. Well, I think now it's imperative. Okay. We got to do something. Right. What am I doing? Nothing. I walked. I walked here. I didn't take the bus. That where where did you walk from? Activism. Uh, I walked from uh, the Lamont Library at Harvard University. I have no idea where that. I mean, I know where Harvard is. Square. Yeah, it was uh, about 2.1 miles. Oh, nice! I was gonna walk, and then it was windy, so I just didn't. It was a wind tunnel out there. Yeah, it was tough. It's a bit insane. Yesterday it was 60 degrees, and this morning it was snowing. I know. You're telling me what's going on. Yes. So what should we be doing about this crazy weather? Environmental stuff. We yes. gotta stay. You know, we gotta we gotta stay put. That makes sense. So I know you through comedy. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about how you got started in that, and how long ago that was, and blah blah blah? Sure. Yeah. Uh, if people are compelled to know about, you know, my journey, what did I do? Uh, I started telling jokes to people in uh, uh, June, about June of 2015, so a little less than a year ago. And why did I do it? Who knows? Well, I started doing improv at college, you know, and I love improv. I think improv is really hard, and I think at this point I'm no longer that great at improv. Uh, but the problem with improv is you got to coordinate it with all these ten people, you know what I mean? And I felt like I was serious about wanting to pursue comedy. So now I can do it every day, yeah. and I can't do improv every day, you know. And a lot of people I love, respect, and admire had their uh, groundings in stand-up comedy. So Who are some of those people? Well, I'm just going to name, you know, big names that anybody would name. Okay. But uh, I love the show Louie. You know, I, to be honest, I haven't seen a ton of his stand-up, but I know that's what he's grounded in. I love the show Seinfeld, Curb, you know, good show. And, uh, you know, I like Bill Burr the man. Like, well, as a, know you know like him? him as a man. No, I don't know him at all. Okay. But I, I disagree. This is why I like him. Okay. I disagree with almost everything he says. Okay. I watched this first special, and my mother, for some reason, loved it. And I was like, all right, I guess you might be right, Ma. I'll watch another one. And uh, he cracks me up. Okay. 
So I, res- I respect someone who can make me laugh Even without you- agreeing with me. That's, yeah. yeah. I also got to a point where I hang out with way too many people I agree with. I'm looking to hang out with more people I don't agree with. Okay. So I'm actively trying to do that. All right, so we'll, we'll try to find some people through this podcast. Tell me some things that you believe, and then the people who like disagree with those things entirely can like reach out to you. Well, I mean, I don't agree with misogyny. Okay. So, but some would say maybe I don't need to hang out with misogynists. Probably not. Right? But, okay, I don't agree with uh, people who drive SUVs. Okay. I don't agree with that. All right. I don't like that. Based on your newfound environment. Right, right. I don't agree with people who ride shuttle buses. I think you should walk, if you have the means to do that. Oh, okay. That, you know? I was like, um, any shuttle bus? No, almost any shuttle bus. Okay. Unless it's going over, like, the mass turnpike, okay. you can walk. Okay. You know? And uh, I don't like... Well, actually, the, the things I don't like are the kind of people I don't want to hang out with. <laughs> but... But you should force yourself right. to be around those people. Right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You, sometimes you just get into this echo chamber where everybody agrees with everything. Yeah. And that, to me, is boring. That makes sense. It's dull. Yeah. So who are some of the people that you've met doing comedy that you may not have come across in another area? Almost like this food court that we're in. Right. Because comedy does have a bunch of different types of people. Who are some that you're like, oh, wow, I would have never talked to you outside of this activity I do? Well, I mean, the illustrious Jack Burke <laughs> is a dear friend, you know? And uh, for some reason, that perplexes a lot of people. They, they don't really see how Jack and I see eye to eye, but we're good buds. You both... It's not a cartoonish quality exactly, uh-huh. but just like an animated friendliness, right. I would say. Yeah, we're friendly guys. You know, he's a good guy. Yeah. So we're good buds. But I think on the outside, you know, I'm a big old naysayer. Are uh, you? So, I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little pessimistic. I like talking about, uh, you know, race, gender, and class. Okay. I like talking about controversies. Nice. You know? I, uh, I think we should talk about racism more, you know? Yeah. I toss around words like white privilege, which, uh, you know, which makes me seem like some big old stuffy white liberal, you know? Who, uh, and maybe Jack seems more like a, a frat guy. Yeah, you know? he does. And I don't necessarily see... You, you wouldn't expect me to see me at uh, Epsilon Omega Kappa on a Friday. You're you know? saying that it means nothing to me. I think it's Greek. It's okay. all Greek to me, you know? Some frat, you know? Okay. But you would, I would expect to see Jack there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, but we probably would, because I think he was in a fraternity. But, really? you know, yeah. I saw a picture of him with locks. He like, did have dreadlocks, yeah. That's a curious development. It is a curious development. I think this is something I've, you know, just thought of. I think white folks might say dreadlocks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I wouldn't, re- if I saw a white guy with dreads, I would never be like, oh, look at those guys' locks. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, locks, okay, we'll, we'll keep locks for, like, black ladies. Right, yeah. <laughs> and I, then dreadlocks right. and dreads for right, white people. Right, right, yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. Who am I to say, yeah. you know? who are we? Maybe, maybe Chris Rock tackled it in the documentary Good Hair. Maybe he didn't. I don't think he tackled that specifically, uh, but he tackled a lot of things. Did you see that? I did. Okay. Yeah, we watched it. I, I did watch it. <laughs> okay. I do have a tendency to recommend and discuss things I haven't seen. Okay. Uh, but I did see that. Okay. Which I loved. I, I very much enjoy Chris Rock. Yeah. Do you like documentaries? No. No, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't watch very many documentaries. I like Christopher Guest mockumentaries. Mm, that was pretty good. I, Which is your favorite? Uh, wait, uh, Waiting for Guffman, maybe. Mm. I mean, I've seen Best in Show the most, probably. Right. A Mightiest Win maybe made me laugh the hardest. Mm. 
uh, for your consideration is maybe the one I need to see the most because I haven't seen it. Huh. Or Spinal Tap, I don't know, you know. I saw Spinal Tap. I definitely saw Best in Show. Which one's for your consideration? I think it's they like going up for an Oscar. Huh. And it's, it's more scripted than the other ones. I think. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen the other ones. I need to. I feel like a guilt because I went to film school. Mm. Like I need to see a lot All of these movies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a constant like weight on my back. Like I should be watching more movies. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I can't relate to that. I've I've never felt like I should watch more movies. Really? Actually, yeah, I hate watching movies. To be honest. Why do you hate watching movies? This is why I think you know. To me, everything's about the process. You know, okay. like coming to the mall. I I hate shopping, <laughs> but I love the journey of the mall. You know, I've seen a couple good movies. I love the Rocky series. but I All of them? Oh, I love every Rocky movie. Even Rocky V, when he's, you know, fighting with Tommy Gunn. That bar fight at the end where he's fighting for the admiration of his son. I love it. He's fighting against himself, really. You know, he's fighting against the fact that he was a neglectful father. It was beautiful. Uh, so I love, I love a lot of movies, but I hate picking a movie because there's too many to see. Sometimes they're too long. You know, and, and uh, I'm part of the problem, and here's the problem. Hollywood only makes movies of stories that have already been told. You know, it's got to be a book, it's got to be a remake. Mm-hmm. I, frankly, at this point, only watch movies I've already seen a lot of the really? time. Really? Yeah. yeah. Or that my grandpa's seen. You know, I'll okay. trust his judgment. But Nice. Are you close with your grandpa? I love my grandpa. I, I am the man I am today because of the, the love and uh, the care of my grandparents. Yeah. Okay. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. Nice. And where are they? They are in uh, Stoughton, Massachusetts. I have no idea where it's Well, it's one of my favorite cities. It's where Ikea is, is perhaps what it's most ah, famous for today. I, I think I've been to the Ikea. Yeah. It's big, big nice. place. Nice. Yeah, you say, like, wicked with frequency. I so know. you are from this area. I am from the South Shore. Mm. Yeah, I'm not from Boston. I am from the South Shore. Uh, real, love, love that region. Okay. Love that region. What do, you, what do you love about it? I'll tell you. I got really, I got really fed up with... Being at college okay. this year specifically, because the echo chamber thing, yeah. because everybody's always complaining, and because everybody's got too much hope, you know. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'll, say, I'll say this. I'll say it. Okay. Everybody's got. I have a lot of hope. Yeah. I have a lot of hope. I have a lot of personal hope. I have a lot of hope. Maybe, hopefully, for this country. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people there have a lot of personal hope for their own wealth mm-hmm. and for their own fame. Right. You know what I mean? It's not. It's how can I be, how can I be the center of the world, not yes. how can I help the world. I got fed up with that, you know, that because sense. everybody thinks they're an expert. But I had to go down to southeastern Mass, down to the south coast, to do some interviews for my thesis. Uh, and just driving down there on Route 24, mm-hmm. driving through New Bedford, Fall River, it's a different vibe down there. You can feel hard work. Mm-hmm. You can feel the family values. You can feel people putting their head down. They might be working a job they can hate, you know, but come Sunday, they're going to have a little uh, barbecue with their family and have a couple laughs. And that, to me, that is life, you know. And I got too caught up in uh, the rat race, I think, you know. What is the rat race like at Harvard? Like, I know there was, like, kind of some competition where I went to school, but it was not nearly as competitive as Harvard. Well, I'm too cynical, so nobody, you know, it's a phenomenal place. Uh, You you know, you should totally go. And they have very generous financial aid. Everybody should apply. But, uh... You know, it's everybody, there's really a lack of focus on academics at times. Sometimes people showing up totally unprepared, being total jabronis in class, uh, because they got to go out networking to hang out with rich folks and famous folks, and uh, they got to, you know, join a million clubs. You know, you want to, 
I don't know, to donate blood club. You got to run. No, there's not even that club. More people should donate blood. I should. I should put my money where my mouth. I have never donated. Neither have I. You know, in fact, had I known that, we might have gone for a blood donation for this podcast. I don't even know what blood type I am. It could be. I don't either. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know what yours is. I don't know what mine is. Yeah. Yeah. We should know. Uh, We could then find out and then go get tattoos of our blood type, (laughs) which they say is the most valuable tattoo. Really? Yeah, because in case you're really lacerated and they need to do a transplant and you're knocked out. Where the tattoo is? The That's pretty unlikely, I think. Get it double up, you know. <laughs> like on your multiple arm places, and on the yeah. <laughs> Just like everywhere. Yeah. Like I'm covered Whole with A, B. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so everybody's involved in all this stuff, doing all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. People are treating me like, I like to be treated like an end, you know. Not to uh, harken back to the philosophy of Immanuel Kant. No, go, but, go, go, go. Uh, you know, I like to be treated like an end, not a means. And I felt a lot of just transactional. Like treating people like a means. And the dean of Harvard College, who's a very great man, he uh, says, you know, you should look for a transformative experience, not a transactional experience. And unfortunately, I found a lot of transactional experiences. So based on that, you said you aren't sure what you want to do. Do you have an idea of where you want to do it, where people may have more of that transformative versus transactional type of vibe? Oh, I know what I want to do. I mean, I want to do comedy, but I think it's a foolish thing to say. You know what I mean? (laughs) I think it's a very self-indulgent and delusional thing to say. But uh, but so does everyone who's ever done it to an extent. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, you know, with the caveat that it'll probably end in oblivion and not well. Uh, that's what I'd like to do. Okay. But I'm not going to be a fool, so I'm trying to get a day job in the city of Boston okay. next year. Nice. You know. What, what kind of stuff do you, do you like to do? Uh, I don't care what I do, honestly, okay. as long as it ends at 5 p.m. But I'd like to, you know, work with the Portuguese-speaking community of Massachusetts if that was possible. Okay. Is, there's not, like, a state thing? Like, since that's a pretty sizable uh, population, there's not, like, a state thing for, like, Portuguese citizens? Uh, there probably is. Okay. I haven't looked into it, you know. Right. There's some offices out there. Like there's a, no, that's, that's Greek. <laughs> like, in Union Square, there's, like, a Greek club. Oh, there's definitely Portuguese clubs. Yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, I don't think they they need me to work for them. Yeah, no. no. I don't know how they work. I don't know how ethnic clubs work. They are, like, just basically halls that you oh. go to and you can, like, they throw festas in you, the summer. Can you rent them you out? Can, you can rent the halls okay. out, yeah. Uh, you can rent them out. They have, like, a lot of the, the Portuguese club in Stoughton has a Sueca tournament, you know, play little cards. Oh, okay. It's a card game. Okay. Uh, you you know, maybe they have a golf tournament. And they have a good, they have restaurants sometimes in them. Oh, okay. yeah. Actually, I've heard of something. Is it Brazil, Portuguese? There's a club, and there's, like, cheaper food, and I want to go there. It's somewhere in Somerville. You have no idea. It is is probably a Portuguese club, just because the Portuguese tend to have all the social clubs, and uh, there aren't a ton of Brazilian social clubs, as I'm currently aware. I'm not sure if there are any. You need to be, like, old. Like, there are Portuguese people who have been here. Like, the Portuguese have been in America for, like, 100 years. You know what I mean? They've had time to set up a club. And I think clubs were like kind of the thing to do in like the 50s i don't know if you're showing up now if you're like hey let's get a club yeah that's true you know so who knows what are some of the other places that you thought about for your favorite place in boston well i thought about the southwest corridor what is the southwest but that is outdoors that is it runs from uh from like around back bay station down through like through the south end down towards jamaica plain you know Oh, okay, so I kind of went on a coffee date there last weekend. Like walking down the thing? Yeah. How, how was it? I love it. It's a great story of activism and community in Boston. Uh, the path was beautiful. 
It's very beautiful. Yeah. And you could stop at the, uh, there's one of those breweries, the Sam Adams Brewery. Yep, right that's at the end, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's a lot to do, you yeah. know, and it's fun. We didn't do any of that. Well. And the reason I went there is because I love local history. You know, I'm very, you? I really love local history. Uh, I love, you know, if anyone's got any fun facts about King Philip's War that, or Metacomet's War that they want to share with me, okay. uh, I'd love to hear it. Uh, you know? Have you been to, like, the Freedom Trail tours and everything? You know, I did when I was a kid. Okay. I was on a field trip. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm a Boston guy. Yeah. You, know, uh, you know, so we came into the city, did that. Uh, but there are a lot of places I haven't seen yet, you know, some, some places that I haven't been that I would like to go to. I haven't been to Boston's Museum of African American History yet. We have one? We do have one. Where is it? Uh, it is downtown, I believe. Yeah. Oh. There's also, if you were in the South End, have you been to the Harriet Tubman statue? Shit, no. Oh, there's a Harriet Tubman statue go. down in the South End. I need to a picture of myself with the yeah, statue. It's yeah, a, it's a great statue, and it's right across from Charlie's, which I'm told was the first Charlie's, Charlie's sandwich place. Uh, which I'm told, and I could be wrong, uh, I'm open to being wrong, okay. is the, was the first place to desegregate in Boston. Interesting. When did, it, when did this happen? I don't know. That escapes <laughs> me. But, uh, I was like, because if it's like 1930, I'm like, okay. If right. it's like 1972. It's, def- it's somewhere in between <laughs> okay. those two, I think. Yeah. I was like, if it's like 85, this is the, that's a question. That's bad. Yeah. But I love, I mean, I love a good museum. Like the Lowell Textile Museum, very fun. The new, oh, it's great. The New Bedford Whaling and Fishing Museum, excellent. The Situate Irish Mossing and Maritime Museum, incredible. Wait, what, what was that first word? Irish? Irish Moss, Mossing. Situate, where I'm from, is the most Irish town in America. Okay. There are no Irish people in Situate, but they're all, like, Irish by, like, 100 years ago. Okay. I've never met, really, an Irish person in my life. Like, uh, like a straight-from Ireland right, person? Right, right. My great-grandmother's parents, who, and I, I still know my great-grandma, oh, wow. uh, her parents were from Ireland. But that's the closest I've ever come to meeting an Irish person. Uh, and anyway, yeah, so there was this, they, the Irish came over to Situate, and I guess they raked this moss, and uh, they found it in situate. So then a bunch of them started pouring over, raking the moss on the beaches. And Irish moss was really important because it, help, it helps keep the consistency of, like, a lot of different kind of gooey products. So it's in your toothpaste. It's in your ice cream. Um, yeah, so it's out there. So that, that was, like, the bread and butter of uh, situate's so Irish folk. Yeah. I would have never known. I haven't been to this museum. There's great, there's great museums. Nice. Yeah. Do you, in addition to history museums, also like art museums, other types of museums? I like art museums. I, I get museum fatigue. Okay. I get museum fatigue. Uh, I don't love to be in museums for like over an hour and a half, two hours. Okay. And uh, you can usually do a whole history museum that quickly. Yeah. You can't really do a whole art museum. But I love the ICA, the MFA to me. A little too big, a little too stingy. You know, uh, you know, uh, eh, it's, some of the art's a little too old. I don't like colonial stuff. Uh, I don't like sculptures. Really? But, yeah, I don't. I don't care for them. But I've been there a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I, I really have seen almost none of the museum because I go to the same spot what every is, time. I just go to the Art of the Americas thing, and I skip the bottom floor when it's colonial. And then I go up, and I like kind of the top. And I love, this is my favorite place in the, in the museum, is I love this big wall here of, of landscapes of Italy painted by American expatriate artists that's my favorite spot yeah I appreciate that okay. I appreciate the thematic uh, niche of that yeah, I, I appreciate specific. yeah I appreciate the curatorial work that went into that yes. 
uh, I appreciate, you know, the nostalgia that went into the painting, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and to use a word of my people, I appreciate the uh, saudade, you know, the law. It's like an untranslatable uh, Portuguese word, the longing, the nostalgia, the yearning for, uh, for you know, for whatever, the past. Okay. I personally feel like I have a lot of nostalgia. For what? For a life I haven't even lived. What is you know, I, I just... <laughs> I don't know. I said it once and it sounded good, so I'm going to try and keep saying it. But, uh, but I don't know. Sometimes I'm overcome by just a real feeling of sadness for, like, the fact that I will one day have to die. You know? yeah. and, I, and I miss my life as I'm currently living it before it's been over. I miss, you know, being 30, hanging out with my wife and my kid. I don't even know if that'll happen. But, uh, and it hasn't happened. like, a wife and a kid and, like... Oh, I'm wicked into marriage right now. <laughs> You, I, I think my mom would laugh to hear me say that because, you know, I'm, I'm wicked into marriage right now. I'm a headstrong young lad, and uh, God bless my mother. But sometimes I probably had needless, you know, needless debates with my mom about how, you know, we should abolish marriage. Uh, there should be, nobody should be rich. Uh, there should just be wicked high taxes. Uh, we shouldn't have any possessions. <laughs> Just silly stuff when I was like 15 or whatever. And now I'm just like, hey, I really want, I think it'd be, I, I'd love to see a 50th wedding anniversary because my grandparents had one. It was good fun. And uh, I'd love to live that. I would love to live that. And the thing is, who knows how much time we got? You know, I'm about to be 22. I, will Most I be around here at 72? I don't know. Most 21-year-olds are not wicked into marriage. Right. It's a tough thing to sell. Yeah. But uh, I would do it. And here's my thing. Me being wicked in marriage also comes with me having a pretty bleak view of marriage. <laughs> like, I don't... Most marriages fail. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Even why not... they don't get divorced, they're not, like, happy right. necessarily. So yeah. why not just do it? You know what I mean? Just, just you know, don't, don't wait around looking for the right person because you're not going to find that person. You're going to get to this age, you know, and I'm just going to be like, uh, it's time to get going. I'll settle. I'll pick whoever I've got. So if I settle now, you know, there's more so people to settle. So you'll get divorced for. in your 30s instead of in your 40s. I used to say, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I definitely get divorced. But now I think I just fight it out. I just hang in there. You'll just be unhappy for yeah, the rest yeah. of your life. I think, I think that, like, Life is not always happy, you know what That's I mean? True. And I, when I was uh, younger, like maybe uh, nine months ago, I, <laughs> I was like, we should be happy all the time. Okay. But you can't be happy all the time. Right. And, uh, all right, so here's the thing. Okay. I think a lot of people, they're like, ah, you know, what do we need to have this obligation to family for? You don't have to love somebody just because they're your family. You know, be with people who treat you right, yeah. you know? And then a lot of people bring up this, misinterpret this phrase, blood is thicker than water, right. to say that's, that shouldn't be true. You know, we should go with our friends. But that phrase is actually on their side because it's the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. So it really is saying, you know, you got you to owe up to your covenants. You don't just, it's, it's anti-patronage, you know, and cronyism. Whatever. That was a tangent. You know, you, your editors, they can edit that out because we didn't need to get into that. But, uh, uh, but I think, I do think, and I talk a big game. I should be better to my family, you know, because I call my mother, call my father, call my grandmother, call my grandfather, call my other grandmother, uh, you know. But I should, I should call my sister more. I should be a better brother. Okay. You know, I'm putting that out there. How, what's the age difference? It is uh, very small. It is 18 months. Okay. So we're just shy of Irish twins. Which is a phrase that is not that common to where I'm from. Right. But I uh, explained it to you. Turned out you already knew what it was, so okay. I want to apologize for that needless <laughs> explanation. It was more like, 
it seems weird to me that a lot of people say that who are not Irish. Like, it doesn't seem like you can say, like, I am ethnic other thing, right. like, as a phrase. Right. And that's cool with everybody outside of, like, if you're talking about the Irish. Well, there is the other example that I believe is politically incorrect now, but would you say the same thing to two conjoined people who would refer to themselves as Siamese twins? Yeah, they, I feel like they wouldn't do that. They'd say conjoined because that they're not true. from the ancient land of Siam that doesn't exist anymore. This is true, but people have said it, you know? Yeah. They, they're I wrong. think it's nice that you said that because my thought was, like, way more offensive as far as, like, ethnic group. Thing. Right. I don't know any others, mm. uh, and I'm I'm certainly not going to extrapolate on okay, it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But uh, you know, we could. <laughs> just be saying. Horrible yeah, things. we could just you know. I could get. I don't know if they, my no one who works with me listens to this podcast though. Right. Yeah. 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 So maybe. <laughs> no. But, oh, I was thinking nigger rich. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah I certainly won't be saying that. <laughs> uh, Have you heard <laughs> white people say that? Uh. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I'm from the South. (laughs) Holy mackerel. It's not as, yeah. But you meet all these, there's like wild white people who would say that? (laughs) I like that you describe them as wild. (laughs) Right. I maybe would have said meet all these white folks who are wiling out, but then someone would say, hey, Zach, that's a little culturally appropriate up here, you know? (laughs) And then would I be any better? I don't know. Uh, I think saying wiling out is probably better than just dropping the N-word. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I would never go that far. But, uh... Yeah, that's what I'm on to these days, too. Okay. Casual cultural appropriation, because there are a lot of people who, you know, say they're against cultural appropriation and then just run around all willy-nilly saying all these phrases yeah. that uh, maybe don't belong to them. Yeah. So. I am of two minds about that, because I am not from a, like, I am super suburban right. in my upbringing. So, like, it's also not, su- like, necessarily my culture, right. but I look like it could be, uh-huh. so no one's going to call me on it when I use these things, and they also don't know if I'm using them appropriately, right. so am I also appropriating it because there's a class basis to this? Right. I don't know. Very interesting. Yeah. How do these southern uh, white folks feel about us New Englanders when we listen in a country music? Yeah. It's not our music. So, you know, you can really go down a rabbit hole, yeah. calling everything yeah. cultural appropriation. So, do you plan on staying in Boston for the long haul? For the long haul, for my whole life? You know, like the next five years. I mean, I love this city. I love this town. I love this commonwealth. Uh, I love this nation. But You plan on running for office? No, no, I don't. I don't. I, I don't. I think that uh, I, maybe I would be a selectman in a small town. I okay. love local government. What does a selectman do? They, like, hang out. You know, if somebody's like, hey, uh, I need an uh, entertainment permit for this weekend. My kid's graduating high school. Can you grant it? Or like, uh, hey, we got to redo the pipes, you know, fill out this permit. They just do stuff like that. Okay. Simple stuff, you know, right. like your neighbors, for like a small town. Right. I love municipal politics. But I don't think, America does not need me, you know. They don't need my voice. Uh, Why not? What do I have to offer, you know? <laughs> Nothing. A, a, a listening ear. Yeah. I, do, I do have a perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm what America needs right now. I mean, you know, I'm a 21-year-old kid. I'll say right now, they certainly don't need me. Uh, and so, in, so this, is what, this is what I think. I don't think America needs anyone who at age 21 says, I need to run for office. Right. Right, because you don't. You know, because I, we don't know, we barely even know what the problems are, let alone the solutions. So that there is not a desire to help anyone. That's not a desire to serve. That's a desire to, like, self-aggrandize. You know what I mean? And uh, that's not good. That's a unique perspective. Most 21-year-olds aren't like, oh, no, that's not cool. That's not 
like most 21 year olds think that they're trying to help people when they are just trying to help themselves. Right, so that's right, right. Yeah, I try. And so, you know, maybe I'm even just being more honest about the fact that I'm trying to help myself right now. I'm not doing a ton of service right now. Yeah. I have in my day. But uh, right now I'm slacking. Uh, uh, what was the service that you did? I used to do a lot of Wait, after what was your day? My, day? my day was the first three years of college. Okay. Yeah, I used to do a lot of after school tutoring. Nice. To who? To uh, uh, a youth in the South End. Nice. Yeah. Did an after school tutoring program out there. Do you want to tell people what the program is so they can like volunteer with it or donate yeah, it was through the uh phillips brooks house association at harvard college you know feel free to donate to phillips brooks house great association run a lot of uh 83 different programs i think uh do a lot of good things for a lot of communities yeah cool, cool. and it certainly helped me grow as a person too nice. so what are some things uh we have plenty of time but what are some things that people don't know about you? you're still kind of new to comedy like, what are some things people look at you like, oh, this guy's funny, uh, this guy's uh, quirky. What are is some things people don't know about me? Yeah. I don't know. Give me some scoops. I don't know, because I am, I'm, I'm maybe a bit of an open book. Okay. I don't know, you know. Uh, I, I really don't, I, I don't know. Too little too open-ended about me. Uh, what, you know, uh, I like freshwater fishing. Really? Yep. I don't know if people knew that about me. Have you gone fishing with Malin? I haven't. I haven't. Talk about it. I, we've spoken about it. Yeah. I hope one day too to go fishing with Malin. What do you like about fishing? I'll tell you this. I like everything about fishing. This is about the process again. I didn't even know this about myself, but I just love the process. I hate catching fish, but well, I, so you like being at malls and not shopping. You like yep. fishing, but not catching fish. Exactly. Okay. I love getting up, and I mean I've maybe done this once, but okay. I love getting up early. But let's say the earliest I've got maybe four. One of my finest fishing memories. Okay. You know. Getting up at 4.30 with my cousin up at Lake Winnipesaukee, still dark out, you know. Can't put on, a, can't be too loud. You know, our parents are sleeping, so got to eat a little Pop-Tart. Then, you know, get all the fishing gear. You're real tired, but you slog down there, push out the canoe, get out to the lake, and start dropping the rod. That is great. When f and, and just listening to the silence, you know. Where fishing goes wrong is the second I hook a fish. Because now that means i got to get this fish off of it, which, you know, if it's a sunfish, it's got these spikes, going to cut up my hand. That's a hassle at best, right. a lesion at worst. <laughs> you know? What if it's like a tasty fish? Uh, yeah, that stuff's fun, mm. you know, but I don't do a lot of that because I go freshwater, so I just catch the tiny guys. Oh, okay. You know? I don't know anything about fishing. I think to go, like, to catch good fish to eat, and I barely know anything about fishing, you have to go, like, to a, an active river, maybe get some trout. Mm. Uh, which I don't tend to do. I tend to go to small ponds yeah, yeah. in the in southeastern Mass that are just stocked with really tiny fish that you can't really eat because they got to be over a certain length yeah. to eat them, uh, and that would be a whole hassle of itself. But I've gone a couple times. Like you can go on like deep sea fishing, you know, out of like Plymouth Mass. Captain John's they always treat me well as a kid. Uh, and you go <laughs> wait, out, what is Cap? It's like this huge boat that just like all these people show up just for the day. You go out for a couple hours and you do some fishing. And uh, you, you know, we caught like a sand shark, which was fun, fun to wrangle up. Yeah, yeah. And that's like wicked easy, you know? Okay. It's like, it's not hard. And uh, then if you get a big beast, someone will come over and take it off you. It's really luxurious fishing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I prefer just not catching. I just prefer silently sitting there nothing you know hanging with some buds what i do is if i do catch one fish then i retire okay. then i put the pole down and i just walk around talking and pestering other people fishing <laughs> because i think that is much more fun than fishing just like asking them questions yeah just being like you know what's going on how you doing nice yeah so how often do you go fishing i i fished a lot towards the end of high school okay 
I haven't been fishing in a while. I will probably go fishing very soon. Nice. Very soon. Yeah, I'm feeling. Nice yeah. Oh yeah. I'm definitely feeling. Uh, I'm feeling it. I'm okay. feeling a need. Nice. Nice. So, what are some other activities that you do outside of comedy and school? Uh, fish. Well, I mean, those are most of the two things <laughs> I do right now. That's pretty much everything, because uh, it takes a lot of time to yeah. do these things. What else do I do? Uh, I go to church on Sundays. Really? Yep. Which uh, Jack would, if he's still listening, would hate to hear. <laughs> Apparently, I mention this way too often. Mention it like twice on a podcast. You know, God forbid. Uh, so I do that. I. Would you say that you're religious? Um, I am practicing religion. Okay. I don't know if I'm religious. You know. That's I mean, an interesting distinction. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? You know, I'm not trying to define things in like a wicked yes or no, like abstract way, you know? Right, right. I'm just going in, doing the works, and maybe the faith will follow. Okay. Well, cool. Not a lot of people who are religious your age either. Is that tied into your like idea of family, do you think? Uh, no. I think it's it tied into my ideas of self-interest, you know what okay. I mean? I, I, what the Catholic, and I specifically go to the Catholic Church, okay. uh, what the Catholic Church gives to me is like humbleness and humility. You know what I mean? The idea that there's something bigger than me and that my life, my individual life, means very little, I think is a good reminder to have. Uh, so I, I'm trying to stay humble right now. I'm trying to stay humble. Because I feel like when you're just, when I'm just in my head, you know what I mean, think it's all the be-all, end-all, uh, that's not a happy way to live life. So, you know, I feel like this could be better. So I'm trying that out. And well, is that something you'll do with your theoretical wife and child? I have no idea. That is a long way away. Okay. Maybe not, though, you know. Yeah, you uh, said you're about it now. That's true. That's true. I am pretty doubtful that I'd actually be about it now. <laughs> you know, it seems like just talk. It's good banter, you know. Uh, but no, Is there a lady that you're dating that you're no, like... No, there is not. Okay, like, Very regrettable. Have you, have, you, have you mentioned this wedding? No, that would be uh, crazy if okay. I was currently dating someone and then going on podcasts <laughs> and talking about how I'm trying to get married. Uh, that would be not fun. I'll tell you what. You talk about what I used to do okay. and what I, uh, what, what I, or what I do outside of comedy. Yeah. Two semesters ago, love, especially unrequited love, was uh, my number one extracurricular activity. I spent way too much time, way too much time in the pursuit of love. You what know what I mean? mean? What, what are these activities that surround pursuing love? Like going to museums, you know, it was a mess. I shouldn't talk about this on a podcast. I can't. I really can't because, uh, no, I can't. You know what? I was a bad person. I'll say this about myself. I like to confess my sins on podcast. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, I'm imperfect. I'm an imperfect man. Of course. This is what I would say about myself. Okay. All right? I have, uh, you know, a lot of friends who are women. I can be a very good friend to women. And and keep it that way. I can also uh, be very good at courting. You know, I'm a fun guy. You know, you want to come out with old Zach, you're going to have a good time. You know, uh, I'm very good at that. I am a horrific, horrific uh, committed partner. Really horrible. Why? I, I Because, you know, uh, I don't think, I, I don't know. I think, uh, to be honest, and I'm really just going to eviscerate myself and Do dig it. deep. And all the people involved could listen to this podcast, but who knows. I think, you know, I had a situation in which I should have been and could have been uh, fully you know, dived in and made this, you know, a wonderful time. Right. And I could have been dedicated to this woman 
and we could have had a great time. Yeah. But instead, you know, old Zach's got a bit of a wander and I, you know, it's never. You cheated, I, I, no, I don't know if I would say I cheat. <laughs> I would say I uh, uh, refrained. Well, actually, she would perhaps say this. <laughs> so maybe I have. You know what I mean? I can come with all the loopholes of what we were and what we weren't. Uh, but I'll tell you that. Yeah, I should have been more respectful. Okay. And I should have been nicer. Uh, you know, but, you know, because, uh, who knows? You know, I, you know, the other thing is, the, <laughs> the reason why it's hard is because, you know, if you got a wander at I one, plus people can sniff it on you if you, no, no, they can't sniff you wandering eye. They don't know about that. But they sniff it on you if you've got a lady, you know, or you've got a lover. And that makes you more attractive, you know, because that's like an insurance policy. They're like, somebody's already bought this. Like, that's like going to the Amazon reviews. Okay. You're like, you know, you're not going to show up, uh, buy some uh, sweater that nobody's reviewed. Lots of reviews that, for this sweater. Oh, all right. See, exactly. It could stink. It could, uh, it could be a liar. It could be unfun. Yeah. But if somebody's already wearing the sweater, you know it's pretty good. You know, so then once, and, and maybe, you know, I don't know. Once you get going, you know, you, 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 uh, I project myself into the world more confidently. So then that just, you know, gives me more options, which I uh, have to, you know, indulge upon, which is rude. It's rude. Uh, yeah, it's not nice. Um, yeah, so now I'm uh, uh, a single man, you know, kind of erased the love from my life. All right. Yeah, because I, I love romance. Why? I don't know. I think it's so fun. You know what my favorite, and I don't know if you will relate to this, but you might harken it back to your college days. Because okay. I think this is a socially incompetent millennial situation. Okay. But what I live for, what I absolutely live for, is when, you know, things are heating up between you and a person. Okay. And uh, you get to the point where now you are out in the world. You know, maybe you decided to go to a museum. Maybe you decided to go eat some tiramisu. And it becomes unclear at this point whether or not this is a date or not. Okay. You like that? I live for that tension. And I live for that tension when after the fact, you know, maybe it's consummated and uh, it's like retroactively declared a date. I live for that tension. I, I hate that. that I think that is some so of the most much. beautiful parts of like my existence have been those moments, oh. honestly. I think it's so tense. I, you've got a lot of disgust. If this were a video <laughs> podcast, you know, you guys get this nice sweater and uh, a real face of concern and disdain from Camille's I hate that here. moment so much. You know what? I hate it in the moment, but for some reason I glorify it after the Why? fact. I don't know. You enjoy that There's pain? something about it that just seems that so great. That's It's so unnecessary. You know what I mean? It's completely unnecessary. It never needs to happen. No, it doesn't. Uh, mature people would just put it out into the open. Uh, but but it comes from a place of so much fear, you know, of fear of rejection, of all these things that are very human emotions. So I, I feel like that's a most, uh, that's a very human moment for me. Okay. Those moments are very human, uh, which I appreciate. You know, I like to feel like a human. You look like you have really been viscerally affected. By this. <laughs> I, I am just putting myself in the moments where I have been out with someone. Like, okay, I have like based on that, I've instilled three very specific rules for something to be a date or not a date mm -hmm. for me. Some would say you only need one. The question, is this a date? Well, yeah, you can you do know? that. You can do that. Right. But, but that's not your three rules. No, no, no. What are your three? <laughs> three rules. Okay. So, he asks. Uh -huh. He has to ask. Wow. All right. He has to pay. 
Whoa! <laughs> this is the first date only. I'm not saying like all date. All right, all right. But something that says, hey, I am like, uh -huh. I am actively I am showing monetarily you interested. that this is a date. Right, I am right, showing you right. that I, this is, I'm not just your friend hanging out with you. I'm doing something to indicate that this is more than just a platonic situation. Right. If you want to become a Subway franchise owner, you put up a little money. You, you don't do. just hang out and get the brochure. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you put yeah. up a little money. That's yeah, all you know, yeah, you're serious. Yeah. So he asks, he pays, and he touches you in a way that says, I'm not your buddy. That's important. That is an ambiguous rule. No, Depends no, on the no, kind no, of no, buddies no, 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 you no, have. No, uh, I, I'm a grown woman. <laughs> I'm not doing this college bullshit. No. All right. <laughs> it's a way that says, like, because, like, I hug my friend. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Like, I may, like, punch my friend in the arm. That's a buddy move. Mm -hmm. But they're not doing small of the back touching. All and right. that's an indication that says, hey, I'm trying to fuck you. Yeah. Which makes it, like, oh, this is a date. This is not just, like, a friend taking me out because maybe they think I'm sad or hungry or something. Mm -hmm. This is specifically a date. Those are good rules to have. I'm not going to have any. I'm going to keep living in the ambiguity. Oh, that's the worst. I kind of like it for right now. You know, I think I'll outgrow it in about two months. But uh, Why two months? when I graduate, you know, okay. you can't be fooling around like that in the real world. Um, They're called fuckboys, and they do it for the rest of their lives. I'm not trying to do that. You know, I'm trying to get married, Kenise. Yeah. I can't be doing this kind of, you know, willy-nilly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, would, I certainly wouldn't do that with, uh, you know, okay. as, a, as a real person. Nice, but right now you're not a real person. No, no, okay. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm very much uh, not. Okay. I don't think college life is real life, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. It's a little removed. So what changes do you anticipate that will further lead you down the path of real personhood? Living not in a dormitory. Okay. In uh, cooking my own food. Because right now I eat at a dining hall, mm. which is unbelievably convenient. Keeps me healthy with no thought. Yeah. Um, and is unbelievable. It's fantastic. And, uh, Wait, do you go to the one that looks like Hogwarts? So that's for the freshmen. Okay. And I was there today at this senior uh, champagne brunch thingy. And uh, sometimes I go there for breakfast. Nice. I've eaten there. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what brought you there? I actually taught at North, or not North, New York Film Academy has a summer thing right, at right. Harvard. You yeah. told me this. Yeah. You told me this, yeah. That is why I've been in Harvard dorms and uh -huh. also in their dining halls. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think that, that's the big real person move for me. Because I already, like, maintain a lot, like, relationships with my family yeah. in a very mature way. And I already uh, hang out with mostly people who aren't college students. Yeah. And, like, am a member of the city, which I don't think most college students are. What do you mean a member of the city? Like, I, you know, take city transportation regularly. I see people who are actual residents of the city of Boston. Yeah. You know, I read the metro section of the globe, nice. you know. Uh, and I'm, like, generally You aware. get the globe? No, like, I don't. Okay. I, I read it online. Okay. Uh, and, like, where I work, I work at the heart. I work somewhere. Uh, yeah, I don't want visitors at work, you know. And I don't want my work implicated in this. But uh, I work at a place where they have the globe, okay. in which I often read in a lull. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. So, wrapping up, because uh, we're coming up on the hour mark. Nice. What would you change about this city? What would I change about this city? Yeah. The Cambridge, Boston, larger area. What would I change about this city? All right. There's a one answer that I think everybody should change about this city. Uh, it should be less segregated. Okay. That's what I would change about this city and most cities in the United States of America. 
what I would change is perhaps, forgive me, a little bit uh, combative. I think this city is being, and this is partially because I'm at college, um, presumptuously, and I'm part of the problem because I'm from the suburbs, presumptuously controlled and like by a lot of transplants, you know. I think that we need to uh, remember how great, you know, and unique our culture is, you know, down in the South Shore. Up in the North Shore, eh, not so much. But uh, here in this, here in Massachusetts, you know, and keep keep that, keep that near and dear to our heart. You know, wear it on our sleeve, because we can't just become some big old biotech city. We got all these people coming from all over who've just come here for the colleges. You know, uh, we still need to. We st- I, this is why globalization. You know, everything comes the same. I think Boston, you know, Massachusetts, we got something that I want to remain distinct. I don't want us to lose our identity. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So how could you operationalize that? How could I make that happen? Yeah. One, I think more people, more transplants, and you'd be aware of the fact that the presence of the Portuguese-speaking community nice. in this state. You know, okay. we got a lot of Cape Verdeans. we got a lot of Portuguese people, a lot of Brazilians. Uh, and that's what makes us unique, yeah. is, is this population from a lot of other places in Massachusetts. So I'd like to see more uh, Portuguese speakers, you know, in uh, state government okay. and, uh, you know, doing and in uh, prominent positions in the state. And I'd like to, uh, I don't know, I'd like to see more people consume Boston stuff. Like what? I don't know. But, uh, like, you know, maybe if you're like, hey, you know, what's this uh, Boston musician doing? You know, listen to him. Keep it local. Yeah, keep it local. Support local business, you know. Yeah, I guess that's operationalized. I would uh, institute a day (laughs) called First... Thursday, okay. where every Thursday it would be all Boston every day. You know, you would wear Boston sports apparel. Yeah, yeah. You would listen to Aerosmith all day. All day, or, just Aerosmith. No, or you know, you'd come uh, be a little more hip to some of some of Boston's newer music, like Cousin Stiz, Michael Christmas, who's a phenomenal uh, rap artist. I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I love Michael Christmas. Very great, okay. good man. Shout out to Michael. Maybe he'll hear this. Maybe. Uh, I really like Michael. You know, you listen to stuff like Michael Christmas and oh. be like, hey. You know, I love and respect the Chicago hip-hop scene. I really admire a lot of guys out there, you know, Chance doing some good stuff. But maybe let's take a listen to Michael Christmas on Thursdays, you know. on Thursdays. Yeah. Kind of like Record Store Day where, like, everyone goes and gets records on Record Store Day. Yeah, I didn't even know about Record Store Day. Maybe I could be doing that, supporting records. Uh, I have no idea when it is. I don't buy records. But ask Jer. Ask Jer about it. All right, I'll ask Jer about our Record Store Day. We went to a record store for his episode of the podcast nice yeah. that's pretty good yeah. so any also final thoughts on our location any things that have happened since we've been here you want to describe for the people anything that you think is interesting anything that would make you come back oh i mean everything would make me come back i would definitely come back and what i think is interesting is you wouldn't believe it folks there's a, a chipotle here is d'angelo is here and the longest line is at taco bell can you believe it uh it's packed over there yeah, is this the only Taco Bell in the area? No, there's a Taco Bell uh, in, what is it say, in Everett. Oh. There's a Taco Bell over there. Um, but, yeah, I, oh, I love it, you know. No, nothing's really happened, and that's kind of what happens at malls. A bunch of people coexisting, living their different lives, but together, in, yeah. in close physical proximity, you know. <laughs> Not forgetting the fact that we all share this earth, yeah. which uh, is nice, I think. All right, guys, you heard it. From Zach Brazel. This has been the Cambridge Side Galleria Food Court. Yeah.
Yeah. It is. It's been excellent. <laughs> and this has been Prison About Town. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Say bye. Bye, everybody.